is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Welcome to our very first episode of this podcast. We're so excited to bring this resource to all of you. Dr. Quigley and I have been working on it for the past few months. We really just felt like there was a need for this kind of information to be put out there into audio, and podcasting is just such a great platform to do that. Also, if you have vision problems from glaucoma or another issue, you can get all the information that you need without straining your eyes. I personally am a huge fan of podcasts because it helps me to access a lot of information while I'm on the go. So if you're like me, you'll be able to learn a lot from our podcast, even if you don't have a lot of time to sit down and read about it. But that's not to say that reading about glaucoma isn't important also. We wrote a book together about glaucoma and it came about because we knew some people wanted to read while others want to listen. Now, Mona had to teach me what a podcast was, and this is going to turn out to be a lot of fun for both of us. We'll list our favorite recommendations for reading material and other resources on our website, www.diagnosisglaucoma.com, or you can check us out on our Instagram account, which is at diagnosisglaucoma. So you might be asking yourself, what is the purpose of this podcast and who is it for? Well, we think it's for anybody with glaucoma, and we want it to be something that is for people who are interested in learning more about this disease, either because they have it or a member of their family has it. It should be a good resource for people and patients, uh, even doctors if they want to. And all the discussions will be in lay language, although we're going to throw some terms in there for the names of things that you actually want to know as your doctor talks to you about the disease. We base the entire thing on questions we've heard from patients over the years, and this is the information we want to share with you. How often do you get emails or phone calls from patients after their appointments? It happens all the time. I just had one today. And the reason I think is because patients remember things that they want to ask only after they're out the door. I finish every appointment with, is there anything else you'd like to ask? And very often I get a stare and no, that's fine. But I think it's a little intimidating to be in the office. So it's absolutely great to write down those questions and call us or use the electronic medical record systems that you or your doctor have. I totally agree with you. I mean, speaking from my personal experience as a patient, sometimes when I'm there in the room with the doctor, I don't feel like I have enough time to ask my questions. And I see that of my patients as well. You know, that 15 or 20 minutes that we get with the patient might not be enough time to address all of the questions that they or maybe their family members might have, which is, again, a reason why I'm so glad that we're putting this podcast out there. This is really for all of you, patients, family members, friends, or really anyone who's interested in learning more about glaucoma to ask us questions, and we'll answer them on the podcast. You can submit a request to us on our website or email us. Our email address is diagnosisglaucoma at gmail.com. And, you know, it's great to come into the doctor's office with questions that you had from home written down and get them ready. Sometimes a young doctor who's training with us will say, gee, Dr. Quigley, that was really terrible. That patient had that big, long list of things to ask. And I say, no, the patients who come in with a big, long list get their questions answered. And our work shows that those are the patients who actually do better with their glaucoma because they're using information to make themselves do better. You might be asking yourselves, who are we? Well, Dr. Quigley and I are both glaucoma specialists at the Glaucoma Center of Excellence, which is part of the Wilmer Eye Institute at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. 
I'm a junior faculty member and Dr. Quigley is a senior faculty member. So we'll be able to provide a vast array of experiences and offer our unique perspectives as we answer your questions and we talk over a variety of different topics. Dr. Quigley, it's really such a pleasure and an honor to work with you. You are definitely someone who is a leading expert in glaucoma, not only nationally, but internationally. I think it's fantastic that the listeners have you as a resource here, but I wanna know a little bit more about you. And I think the listeners will wanna know more than what we can just read on the Johns Hopkins website. So I'd like to know things like, how long have you been a glaucoma doctor and what was your path into medicine? Well, my mom would have liked her introduction. She used to say that her son was a great doctor. I've been doing this for 40 years. Uh, I began at the time in medical school when I was beginning to do research projects. And I realized among the areas of ophthalmology, of eye work, that the glaucoma field was very special for having a big diversity in medical treatment, laser treatment, surgeries, diagnostic tests that involve uh, seeing lights in a bowl, what's called psychophysics, looking at pictures of the inside of the eye that are made with both light or laser type instruments. So for a kid in a candy store with a lot of love of technology, this was a field that pretty much had everything. But more important than that, I realized that the glaucoma doctor is the family doctor of ophthalmology. Whereas some of our surgeons do a cataract operation and then don't see someone again, once you have glaucoma and you're my patient, I have you for life, both yours and mine. And I like that. I like taking care of people who I know and seeing them on a regular basis. And I think it helps for both of us to help you get your glaucoma in control and to keep it there. You actually chose a career in academic medicine. So you do teaching and research in addition to surgery and seeing patients. What made you go into academic medicine? And did you ever think about going into private practice? Oh, I did, but I'm kind of boring. And once I was working in academia as a trainee, I just stayed on. I'm actually not being as serious as I should be. The academic world is like Disneyland for us. We not only get to do everything that a doctor in private practice does, but we get to interact with some of the brightest young people. And for many of the new things that we discover or try out, those ideas came from a young person who was not mired in the old ways of doing things and said, Dr. Quigley, why don't you do it this way? And when we tried it out, it was actually an improvement. So the teaching aspect of an academic practice is very important. The ability to do research is even more important because that's how things improve. That's how we get a better drug for you. That's how we make surgery work better or with fewer problems. And that's a lot of work. It's hard work and it's worth every bit of it. In private practice, you have many of the same things and it's a wonderful life. And of course, the majority of patients see a private practicing doctor, not an academic doctor. But for those of us in academia, the benefit of living within the university environment frees us up a little bit because there are ways of financing that extra time that it takes to do research or the extra time for teaching. So we don't necessarily have to worry that we're uh, taking time away from doing the business of medicine. Well, Dr. Kaleem, how did you get into the world of glaucoma? That's a great question. I actually feel like I've been practicing glaucoma for almost as long as you, but maybe not in a professional setting. 
So I have a very long family history of glaucoma, particularly on the paternal side of my family. So I've been taking care of people with glaucoma since I was basically a kid. That includes my grandparents, uncles, and aunts. So I've seen what glaucoma can do to a person on a very close level. I've seen what family members have gone through in their struggles in getting a diagnosis of glaucoma and then going through various treatment options. And I've also been that family member in the chair who's been with relatives to ask questions and also who's been very concerned. I think it's wonderful that I have the knowledge and access to resources to be able to counsel my family appropriately because I see that there are really a number of questions and that people have concerns and they get anxious and nervous and I do get a lot of questions and I will tell you that sometimes my family members are my worst patients, but I'm always glad to be able to provide a resource for them. It is interesting how frequent it is that doctors go into the very field that affected their own family. And I think it's a motivating factor that makes your life richer and leads you to feel that you're attacking the enemy that came after you. I think it's great that we can combine all of our experiences, clinical and research together for our listeners. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says, take your drops. 